Come, come on. Come on, praise Him. Come on, give Him the glory. Hallelujah. It's our earnest desire this morning, God, that you will speak to our hearts. Father, we don't need another worship service. We need a word from you. God, in times like this that we live in, God, we need to hear from you this morning. We need direction and even correction, God. We need you this morning. We didn't assemble in this place, God, for neither form nor fashion. But we assembled in this place, God, to worship and adore you. We came to this place to encounter you, to experience you. We came to this place, God, to bask in your presence. Now, God, we ask that you would speak now. Speak to each and every heart, every situation, every circumstance, every trial, every tribulation, every sickness, every disease, every lack, every poverty. Speak now, God, to every unrest, unsettled mind, to every unpeaceful soul. God, speak now. Speak now. Speak now, God. And do as only you can do. Just real softly. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Come on, make that your declaration. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. You know what you need him to do to say. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. You know what you're in need of. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. In your marriage, in your finances. Speak, Lord, speak. In your mind, in your soul. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. In your children's life, on your job. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. In your community, your city. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. In your city, in your state. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. In this nation, God, we need you to. Speak, Lord, speak. From the White House to the Crack House, God, we need you to speak, Lord, speak, Lord. In the rehab, God, in the drug center. In the hospital, the orphanage, God, we need you to speak, Lord, speak, Lord. God, in the church house. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. God, we need you to speak. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Oh, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Oh, 
Yes, God. Speak, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Yes. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Like fresh dew upon the grapes. Speak, Lord, speak. Like a cool jitter breeze. Speak, Lord. Like the wind. Spirit, hover over these waters. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Huh. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Hallelujah. One last time. Come on, let's praise Him. Clap your hands and give Him glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands right here. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I declare everyone at the sound of my voice in this sanctuary and even viewing online this morning that, God, you will speak to their situation. Visit them right where they are. But, God, I pray, God, that that visitation is not of stagnation, God. But, God, you will move with them, God, in their situation. And you will settle it. You will solve it and resolve it. Do it now, God. Don't leave them where they are. God, lead them where they need to be. Don't leave them where they are. God, lead them to where they need to be. Do it now, Father. Father, you met them in sickness. Father, lead them into health and wholeness and life and life more abundantly. God, you met them, God, in poverty and lack. Now lead them, God, into your prosperity and plenty. God, you met them in sorrow. Now lead them into joy. God, you met them, God, in chaos and calamity. Now lead them into peace. Do it now, Father. In abandonment, rejection. Lead them, God, into your acceptance. Let them know that they're not alone. You're there with them. You're there with them. And you will never leave them nor forsake them. God, let them know it. Let them know it. Let them know it now, God. That you have been with them even through the storms. And you'll be with them to the ends of time. And even into eternity. We thank you, Father. We give you glory. Oh, God, we give you praise. And let the church say amen. amen. I said let the church say amen. Would the church say amen this morning? Would the church say amen this morning? Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Hey, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Hallelujah. Great and mighty God. Great and mighty God. Great and mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Hey, if you're here for the first, second, or reoccurring time, you've been here, but you have yet to join. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you today. But if you're here, would you just raise your hand, lift it up at me, first, second, or reoccurring time. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You should have received a blue connect card upon your entry if you did not. Just one of our sanctuaries morning. Well, beloved, I'm so excited for what God is about to do and speak to our hearts this morning. Amen. Seven people excited as well. Amen. I go to war and the battle with you seven. Amen. The rest of y'all can sit back and watch us rejoice as we rejoice in the victory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Coming up December 4th is our vision brunch. I want amen. Amen. As we begin to declare what the Lord has to say over this house for the upcoming year 2022. Amen. We moved it from vision night to vision brunch. So you may see on the screen vision night, but we decided to meet earlier during that day. Uh, It's the first Saturday in the month of December. And uh, so we're going to have a time of casting vision for this house of what God will do in the upcoming year. You know God is up to something. Yes, sir. Tell your neighbor God is up to something. God is up 
God is up to something major in this upcoming year. God is about to do something stupendous, something so amazing that it's going to blow your mind. I know we say those things every year, but I really believe we're in a season of the manifestation of God's power and his glory like never before. The Bible says signs and wonders follow them that believe. I believe the believers are moving into a place now where there's a greater expectation of a move of God. I believe in this season, the believers, hear me, beloved, that the believers are moving into a realm of greater expectation. Uh, It's not just sitting back doing church no more. It's coming into church expecting God to move. Uh, so, So if you're not in that aspect of your faith in God right now, just keep hanging around people who have great expectation. So watch this. When you hang around with people who have great expectation, what you're expecting will manifest. Because, oh, y'all missed that. Because they set an atmosphere for manifestation. Uh, They set an atmosphere for miracles, signs, and wonders. See, I really believe Jairus' daughter was healed before Jesus even made to the house because the woman with the issue of blood had an expectation of a miracle. And because of her expectation, Jairus got what he needed because she had already said, I'm not, y'all not hear me this morning. Uh, I believe she set the atmosphere and the environment for a miracle. She boosted Jairus' faith to the point where his servants came and said, why are you troubling the master? She's already dead, but Jairus had already witnessed a miracle. How are you going to say something died when the one who gives life is on the scene? How are you going to say it's over when the one who begins and ends things is there present? She set, a, she set an environment of expectation for manifestation. So if you're not of that level of faith, Find you some faith-filled friends that can set an atmosphere of expectation. So here it is in this upcoming year. I believe the believers are ramping up their expectation and some miracles, signs, and wonders. Ah, somebody going to get healed. Somebody going to get delivered and set free. In Jesus' name. If you receive that, say amen. Let's jump to the word. Grab your Bibles, if you would, your iPads, your dreaded Androids, if you have those. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll take it slow for those who are on the Android platform. Amen. Hallelujah. Those who are iPhones, we're going to spacewalk into heaven. The ones with Androids, y'all going to crawl. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. On yesterday, we had our prayer brunch, and what an amazing time we had on yesterday. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God spoke some things through the mighty women of God, the sons and daughters of this house. That was just real soul-stirring. It was amazing. So if you missed out on yesterday, you missed out. Amen. We had great food uh, physically as well as spiritually. Stand to your feet if you would. All standing, grab your Bibles, electronic devices. Oh, God, speak. We're going to Psalms number 111, verse number 7. And also we're going to grab Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 6. We'll begin in Philippians, and then we'll go over to Psalms 111, verse number 7. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're looking, say, I'm looking. Some of y'all are not telling the truth. I still hear pages turning. If you're waiting for me to put it on the screen, say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all must be the Android people. Hallelujah. Hear this. Great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. Great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. It's not in the strength of a man that makes a man successful, but it's in his perseverance. Uh, Man or woman, it's not in what your abilities are 
are or your strengths are, but it's in your ability to persevere. Uh, eventually, a slow person will still make it to the destination of a, as a fast person. It's in their per, uh, perseverance. Uh, 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 it's, it's, the, it's the cheetah that takes off running fast that makes it to his destination, but it is still the tortoise, slow and steady, that will still make it. The race is not given to the swift, nor to the strong. But it's given to those who endure to the end, the one who pushes and uh, perseveres to the very end. So great works are performed by perseverance. I'm going to make our faith declaration on this morning. If you would repeat these words after me today, I'll be taught the word of God. My mind is ready and my spirit is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. Oh, come on, shout that like you mean. I believe what the word says about me. Here's what the word says. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Shout again. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Shout again. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Find a neighbor, declare that over their life. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Find another neighbor, say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. If you would indulge me, point to the four walls of this church. Say, wealth and riches shall be in this house. Come on, point to yourself, make a declaration. Say, wealth and riches shall be in this house. Shall I bless to be a blessing? My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. Now shout out, I'm blessed. Now say amen. Philippians chapter number one and verse number six. Glory. Where the Lord declares, being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work, he Who has begun a good work? He who begun a good work and you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. Be confident. Tell your neighbor, be confident. Uh, Be confident of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will always finish what he starts. Uh, He will always finish that which he has started. And when God starts, he always starts on the good foot. God always starts good. And the thing he has started, that which is good, he shall complete And watch this, that which was good shall be greater. Because God never, never ends a thing less than what he has begun a thing. Oh, y'all missed that. God never ends a thing in the fashion of which he began the thing. So if he started off good, it's going to end great. If it started off small, I'll get it later. And he will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Dance over the Psalms. Number 111, verse number 7. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. His hands are faithful. Tell your neighbor, his hands are faithful. Hear this before you see it. You have the winning hand when you're holding God's hand. Oh, God, where my gambler's at? 
Amen. Well, my Hollywood casino. Baton Rouge, the bill. You have the winning hand when you are holding God's hand. Father, now in the name of Jesus, God, we give you praise and worship. We glorify you and magnify you. We hide behind the sacred desk in you, O oh God. Let your words be spoken and not mine. Touch the hearts of your people. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen and amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to give you a couple things this morning. I really want to take my time and try to give you all that I can in the time that we have. But I really, 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 really believe that God is going to do something great. And it's not something in the far future, but it's in the present. Hear me when I say this. It's that God is expediting. God is accelerating some things. God has to move it into high gear. Watch this. Because what God needs to be done needs to be done and be done quickly. What God needs to happen, he needs to happen right now. Somebody shout now. God needs it to happen now because the world and the earth, as Romans says, is groaning and is waiting for the manifestation of the sons. Hear me, ladies, you two and the daughters of God. Watch this to manifest. Heaven and earth is groaning in labor pains, waiting for something to happen. Tell your neighbor, God is waiting on you. So, so that there's there's an acceleration that is happening in the spirit, but it also will manifest in the natural. Are you with me thus far? So God has to make this thing happen now. He's got to make it happen now because the unbeliever, his time is short. So God does not desire for any to perish. So God is trying to accelerate the church to get the church in place. Watch this so that the unbeliever, the non-believer, watch this, can believe. Maybe you're just settled with us four and no more. Maybe you're comfortable with just your family being saved. God is trying to get the world saved. Are you hearing me this morning? God's desire is that none should perish. That is his hope, his eager expectation that all come into the knowledge and the saving grace of his son, Jesus Christ. And God has to get the church in position so that those who are out of position can now be put into position. Tell your neighbor, get in the place, get in the place, get into place. Yeah, so God has to accelerate some things. Even in a church, he has to accelerate your faith. He has to accelerate your faith because if your faith doesn't accelerate, you won't believe God for the great harvest. You won't believe God for this next move and this next wave. So God has to accelerate some things in the church house to ramp up your faith so that you can believe God even greater. Watch this, that the house of God will be filled. Mm. See, watch. When your faith gets to that level, you'll come into the church house and you will lay hands on the chairs and say, God, fill the house. See, that's how I know that the church is not in position for what God is about to do, because we come in, we look for a seat for us. And we reserve a seat for our family. No, no, no. That's my husband's seat. But what about the seat next to him that's empty? What about the seat next to her that is empty? What about the seat behind you and in front of you and all around you that you would come in and say, God, fill that seat? You see, it's acceleration of evangelism. It's acceleration of a greater capacity of your heart. Watch this. I got one shout in the house. I go to war with her. Uh, God is trying to accelerate our hearts and fill our hearts with capacity to the capacity of loving and receiving more people. So God has to accelerate us that we will look beyond us and what we have and what we're lacking. And he he wants us to expand beyond us to look for others. Okay, I want to leap into this thing real slow. So maybe I'll just kick the water in the kiddie pool for a second. But, But God is trying to accelerate us. 
He's trying to accelerate us. Tell your neighbor, get your faith up. Trying to get your faith up. So, so we, we started this sermon series, and I told you some things about Elevate Church. Of course, number one, we're gathering of believers. Number two, it's a place where uh, everyone should feel like they belong. Amen. And number three is where everybody can become all that God has created them to be. And while I was uh, studying this week, the Lord put this, this phrase in my heart, and then I typed it in in Google, and a song popped up by Torin Wells. And these are some of the lyrics from the song, God's Not Done With You Yet, by Torin Wells. It, it, it says this, standing in ruins feels like the end. So, so used to losing, you're afraid to try again. Right now, all you see are ashes where there was a flame. The truth is that you're not forgotten because grace knows your name. The first chorus says, God's not done with you, even with your broken heart and your wounds and your scars. God's not done with you. Even when you're lost, it's hard and you're feeling, falling apart. God's not done with you. It's not over. It's only begun. So don't hide. Don't run. Because God's not done with you yet. So I want to talk to you real briefly from a thought. God's not done. Amen. Tell your neighbor God's not done. Come on, tell yourself God's not done. Because you have to know this. God's not finished with you yet. He that started the good work will not complete it until the coming of Christ. Now, now, here's this. Here's this thing is that we all know that God is working in us and around us and through us. But the question is, is to many hearts at times is, is will God still work in me, through me and around me when I have fallen down? When, when I have given up all hope. When I have decided that this thing ain't working out, my marriage ain't working out, this job ain't working out, this kid thing ain't working out, will God still use me? Will he still work in the midst of all of the chaos and the calamity that has happened around me? Uh, will God still do? Tell your neighbor God's not done. When you get to the end of a thing, hear this, beloved. When you get to the end of the thing, it's always the start of the next thing. When you get to the end of one, begins another. So when something ends, something is beginning. So when the trial and the tribulation ends, there's a start to something else. That's why you got to keep your faith and your hope and your trust in God, because when this thing ends, something else will begin. And because you don't know what the next thing is, you've got to hold on and to the thing that is certain and secure and solid, and that's the hand of God. Can you say amen to that? So, so if the next thing is another troubled thing, you still got to remain in God. And you still got to trust him. Take your neighbor to trust him. So hear this. Don't put down what God intended you to carry. Oh, God. Don't put down what God intended you to carry. Now, there's burdens God never intended you to carry. Put those down. But the thing that God has placed in your hand to carry, don't put it down because he intended for you to carry it. But the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt and God gives them instructions on how to carry the Ark of the Covenant of God. Matter of fact, he places these poles, these rods through the Ark of the Covenant and he tells the children of Israel that only the priests to carry it. Now, they're trekking thousands of miles. And God intends for the people to carry this heavy box on their shoulders. Now, they have carts, they have oxen, they have donkeys, they have mules, they have all of these things to carry the presence of God. But God says, I don't want some other animal to carry my presence. I want you to carry my presence. God. Matter of fact, the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant. They placed the presence of God upon the Ark. Watch this. When they did it, nothing happened. They were able to transport the Ark of the Covenant 
into the temple of their God. Their God was named Dagon. And they placed the ark in the presence of their God. And while the ark was in his presence, their God, Dagon, nothing happened to the children of the Philistines. They were protected. Well, nothing happened to them. But their God, one day while the ark of the covenant, God's presence was in Dagon's presence. Dagon fell over. Their God had to bow to the children of Israel gods. So they go in, they prop Dagon back up. The next day, they find Dagon flat on his face again, bowing before the Ark of the Covenant. They prop him up again. The next day, they find Dagon laying flat on his face, but not only laying flat, this was a statue of their God. Not only laying flat on his face, but his hands were cut off. What am I saying this morning? It's when the wicked carry God's presence, the, the wicked has, uh, watch this, they're not held to the same accountable levels as we are as the children of God. So now when David goes to recapture the Ark of the Covenant, he does what the Philistines do. He, create, he, he builds a brand new Ark and he places the Ark of the Covenant upon this cart and he's trying to transport God's presence back into the temple. And as they're transporting God's presence, the, the oxen stumble, the cart slides. Y'all know this. And user reaches out to try to steady the cart and user dies. Now, now how come user die, but the Philistines get off scot-free? It's because God always intended the children of God to carry his presence. Are you hearing me? We are held to a higher standard and a higher grade than the world is. So watch. Don't put down what God intended you to carry. And what is it that God intended you to carry? His presence. Tell your neighbor he wants you to carry his presence. So we see in Jeremiah 29 and 11, very familiar passage of scripture. 29 and 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, we read this text so often and we declare this over our lives that God has plans for our lives. So here's the plan. The plan is first, number one, to prosper you. That's the word of the Lord. God wants you to prosper. I don't care what Scholars you have listened to and what preachers who have told you that God doesn't want you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. This is not a prosperity gospel. As the world would declare and define it. The whole entirety of God's word is prosperous because God intends every word as a seed to multiply. So every word in God's word is as a seed. And when you receive that seed, that seed will be deposited in your soul and it should multiply. That is prosperity. Did you hear that? So God intends you to prosper. Somebody shall prosper me. The plan of God is not to harm you. Amen. God is not looking to wipe you out or take you out. He doesn't want to harm you. It is God's plan to give you hope. Somebody shall hope. God's plan is to give you hope. And lastly, it is God's plan to give you a future. So my my question is, why would you hold to your past when God is holding your future? Why would you hold on to your past when God is holding your future? Why won't you walk in the plans that God has for you? Now, we we declare this scripture over our lives time and time again about God's plans, but, but If you read the entirety of this book and you start in verse number one or verse number four of Jeremiah 29, watch what it says. We'll start in verse number four. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I've carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Watch what God says. This is going to blow your mind because we shout about 2911 about the plans and the prosper. But watch what happens. It says, build houses and settle down. Settle where? In the place of exile. 
build houses, and settle down in exile. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number. Somebody shout increase. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also ask, also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. God says, why are you in exile? Ask for peace and prosperity for the city I have exiled you to. Now, God, we should be praying for our nation. Should be praying for our city officials. Why? Because if you pray to the Lord for it, because of it prospered, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yeah, God. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and deviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Now watch. God says he has a plan for you even in the midst of exile. That, that while you're still uh, away from him, uh, apart from him, God says in that desolate place, that dry place, I still have a plan for your life. Uh, God's not done yet just because you're in bondage, just because you have some struggle, some stronghold holding you down. God's not done yet. And God says, while you're there, listen, pray for the place where you are. Because when that place prosper, you too will prosper. Pray for the place, that job that you curse every Monday morning when you wake up and you drive up to. God said, pray for that place. Pray for that household that you drive up to where your family is giving you all kind of hell. Pray for that place. Pray for those cousins and those family members that are giving you grief and strife. Pray for that place. Because when that place prosper, you will prosper. And when that place gets shut down and locked up, God says, 70 years after you have gone through all of that, I'm going to pull you out and bring you out because I'm not done yet. Hallelujah. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. When drugs and alcohol has wreaked havoc over your life, God says, pray in that place because I'm not done with you yet. I still have a plan for your life. And that plan is to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope. And the future. Can you shout amen? Amen. So we have this plan from God. He's an all-knowing God. Watch this. God sees all. God sees. Tell your neighbor God sees. That's why he's not done yet because God sees. He, he sees the end from the beginning. God sees. He sees all the tears you have cried. He's heard the heartache and the pain that you have gone through. God sees. But not only does God see, but God knows. God knows. What does God know? God knows the end from the beginning. So he knows where you are right now. It's not where he intended you to be. Somebody shout, God's not finished. No, he's not done yet. And watch this, God cares. Somebody shout, God cares. Yes, he does. God cares for each and every one of you. In the book of James is where I want to settle our, the rest of our time. In the book of James... The word of the Lord declares James, a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. James opens this text by saying he's a bondservant. He's under the pressure in the hand of God. He is held captive, not in exile apart from God, but he is captured by God. Good God Almighty. He, he, he is held as a bond servant unto God. So he's under the pressure. So here's the grind. Listen, allow the pressure to push you. It, it, you got to hear that. You have to allow the pressure that God applies on your life to push you. 
Don't, don't let the pressure of the world push you out. Allow the pressure of God to press you in. A, a lot of times, even in church, we allow the pressure of folk around us to push us out. But when God is applying pressure to press us in. A, a lot of times we allow people to push us out when God is applying pressure to get us to press more into his presence. Uh, the people that are around you that are giving you all of this grief, sometimes it's God placing them around you not to push you out from where you are, but to press you in deeper into his presence, to get you to fall on your knees and pray, to get you to open up your mouth and praise, to get you to pray and to praise and to watch this, to give God glory, even in the midst of trial and tribulation. Allow the pressure to push you into God's presence. He goes on to write, he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you have fallen into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Somebody shout, God's not done. He's not done. So allow the pressure to push you. Number two, make the necessary adjustments, as Brother KC would say. Tell your neighbor, make the necessary adjustments. So... While you're waiting for God to finish what he has started, sometimes you got to make the necessary adjustments. Because sometimes things won't work out the way you thought they should work out. Y'all mighty quiet in this place. Have you ever been in that place where you had some hopes and dreams and some desires, some things working out and it just didn't work out? You got married with the hopes of happily ever after and the happily ever after turned into a nightmare? You, you ever got that dream job that turned into a nightmare? It, it just didn't work out the way you thought it would. You know what you got to do? Make the necessary adjustments. Tell your neighbor, make the necessary adjustments. You, you finally found that church home that you like so much, and all of a sudden, okay. Tell your neighbor, make the necessary adjustments. Hear this. Seeds aren't meant to be buried. They're meant to be planted. (laughs) I like that. Seeds aren't meant to be buried. That should have been an end on there. Not meat (laughs) to be buried, but meant to be planted. God means to plant you, not bury you. James chapter 4 says, but let perfect or let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. Hear this, lacking nothing. Tell your neighbor one last time, God's not done yet. Watch this, he's not done until you're perfected. God's not done until you perfect it. Remember the scripture I told you that God started a good work? That good work God started, God expects it to be complete and finished. Watch this, to be perfect. Because God does not end the way he starts. He starts little, but in the end it becomes big. It's just like Jesus with his disciples, two fish and five loaves. It turned into a, from a snack to a whole family meal that fed 5,000. God started with, watch this, a man and a woman and repopulated the earth. He started small, but it ended up big. So God will start with a good work, but the good work won't end as a good work. It will end as a perfect work. God is looking to perfect you. Somebody shout, God's not finished. So watch this, he's not finished if you would stay in the press. Tell your neighbor, stay in the press. You got to stay in the press. God's not done. Watch this until he is done. But you got to stay in the press. You got to stay in the press. Watch this. It may even be depressing, but don't get out the press. It may be oppressing, but don't get out the press. It may be suppressing, but don't get out the press. Why? Because patience has to have its perfect work. It has to have this work in your life in order to produce perfection in your life. But you got to stay in the press. Tell your neighbor, stay in the press. Don't, don't let the world push you out. Let the world push you into the presence of God. Stay in the press. 
Because in order for it to be finished in your life, you got to stay in the press so God can finish what he has started in your life. But you got to stay in the press. You got to stay in the press. Because it's in the press that the pressure of the press that will produce the jewel in your life. Charcoal is worth nothing by itself. But under tremendous, immense pressure, a piece of charcoal can be uh, transformed into a precious diamond because of the press. It starts off in one fashion, but it ends up in a valuable fashion. Why? Because of the press. And I don't know who this for this morning, but I believe somebody has been under some tremendous pressure. The cares of life has come and has beat up on you. You have gone 12 rounds like with Mike Tyson in life. You have been beat up on every side, pressed down, persecuted, knocked down, but not destroyed. And the pressure of life has beat up on you so greatly. But I'm here to declare to you today, if you stay in the press, you will experience the power and the presence of God like never before. And God will produce in your life a perfect work if you will stay in the press. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have gotten out the fiery furnace. They could have ran and fleed, but yet they stayed in the press. And because they stayed in the press, Jesus showed up. Because they stayed under the pressure, the presence of the Lord showed up. Now, I have a question for you in my closing. Here it was. They were under heavy scrutiny and persecution. Why did they choose to declare that Nebuchadnezzar, nevertheless, whether we get saved or not by our God, we still won't bow down to you? How were they able to make such a declaration upon such tremendous pressure is because they had the knowledge of who their God was, one who was well able to do exceedingly abundantly above, beyond they could ask or even think. They knew God was watching over them. And because they had that knowledge, they were able to declare that even if God doesn't save us, we know God's not done yet. There's still a work left to be done. And God's going to use even in our death as a testimony to the world of what it's like to believe God even to the very end. Because God's not done. Would you tell your neighbor one last time God is not done? God is not done with you. So if you're here today, would you bow your heads? And you may be thinking, well, you saying that, Apostle, God's not done, but you don't know what I've done in life. You don't know the decisions I've made. You don't know the hell I've been through. How can you say God is not done yet? How do I know God's not done? Because God has a plan for your life. And until that plan is fulfilled, God can't end a thing and start a new thing until the old thing has been complete. God's a God of order. He won't allow one thing to end until another thing, or shall I say, he won't allow one thing to begin until one thing has ended. So I know God has a plan for your life because the very fact that you still have breath in your body right now, God's not done with you yet. So I don't know who this is for this morning, but I believe that God is trying to get your attention this morning. To let you know he's not done with you yet. He's got more in store for you. There's more left to be done. There's more left to be done. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask those who are here today. If, if the spirit of God has been speaking to you. About there's more to be done in your life. I want you to simply respond. Father now in the name of Jesus. You declare oh God that. 
None come lest the Spirit of God draws them. So, Father, now begin to draw. Touch that heart of the one who is here today. That have given up all hope in life. God, you have a hope and a plan for their life. You have a future for their life. For those who are blinded, God, by their past. For those, God, who are still holding, anchored down by their past, God. Let them see the brighter day, the future that you have ahead of them. Do it now, God. Free them from the guilt, the hurt, the pain of their past. So that they can run into the future and the hope that you have in store for them. Do it now, God. Do it now. For those of you who don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this moment has been set aside, designated just for you as well, that you will make a decision to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. So if you're here, that's you this morning. God is calling you. Would you simply slip your hand in the air? I want to acknowledge you this morning. That you know that God has a future and a hope and you have given up on life, but today you're deciding to walk all the way with Jesus. If that's you this morning, I see you. I believe there's others this morning that would say, that's me. I'm making a decision today to follow Jesus. I've given up on life, but I know there's a future and a hope in him. And I decided today to follow him all the way. If that's you, would you lift your hand in there? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God, we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, all standing if you would. All standing. Father, we thank you, God, for those who have made a decision to follow you. And I pray today, God, this is just the start of their journey. And God, there'll be many twists and turns. There'll be many toils and trials along the way. But God, they will remain, God, within the press. They will persevere to the very end. That they will make it, God. They will press towards the mark of the higher calling in Christ Jesus. That they won't give up, God. They won't won't throw in the towel they'll continue to press God do it now touch their hearts and their lives and everything that's connected to them it's in Jesus mighty name we do pray can somebody shout amen can you clap your hands and give God some glory hallelujah come on give God some glory in this place amen and amen for those of you who made a decision today you're being handed a card fill that card out and hand it back to one of our sanctuary workers before you leave today for all of our first second time and even reoccurring guests i would love to shake your hand meet you and greet you upon your